Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. I'm sure you've heard about the term predestination. There is a major difference between biblical predestination and theological predestination. Now, in actuality, they should be one and the same, but they are not. When we usually think about predestination, the name John Calvin comes to mind in what's known as Reform theology. And what do they say about predestination? Well, what they teach cannot be found in the Scripture at all. What they say is that God has predestined people. We could think of that as predetermined who's going to be in heaven and who's not. But hear this. When we look at the biblical verses that deal with predestination, it has nothing to do with whether one's in heaven or not. It only has relevance, and hear this, predestination only has relevance for those who are in Messiah. In other words, predestination has no relevance whatsoever for a person until they become a believer. Predestination only has to do with those who are in a new covenant relationship with Messiah. It has nothing to do with saying that God has predestined some for salvation and some not for salvation. Well, again, in actuality, what I say or anyone else says isn't important. Let's look at the Scripture and see what the Word of God reveals to us concerning predestination. Take out your Bible, and we're going to look at just two places in this study. The book of Ephesians chapter 1, and then we'll conclude with just two quick verses from Romans chapter 8. Why have I selected these two passages? Because here's where we read about biblical predestination. And again, I want to say, Nowhere in the scriptures do we find anywhere it's saying that God has predestined some for heaven and others for hell. It's just not there. That term, predestination, is not used in that way. It is totally unscriptural. What does the scripture say about predestination? Well, we're going to find out in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. The blessed God and Father of our Lord, Messiah Yeshua. The one who has blessed us in all or every spiritual blessing in the heavens. And notice this next phrase, in Christ. I would highlight that. Because in a moment we're going to speak about predestination and here's the relevance. Predestination is only relevant for those who are in Messiah. 
Predestination does not speak about where one's going to spend eternity. For predestination to be relevant, one has already accepted the gospel and will be in the kingdom of God. Realize that. Again, verse 3. Notice it's coming within the context of blessing. Why is God called here the blessed God? We're going to come to that. The blessed God and Father. Father is provider. So all of these terms are very, very important for setting the context for rightly understanding this doctrine. Verse 3. The blessed God and Father of our Lord, Messiah Yeshua. The one who has blessed us. Notice it's Messiah Yeshua who has blessed us. And predestination is a blessing. It's coming to us in that context. Would you think that being predestined for hell is a blessing? Absolutely not. But it has nothing to do with that. Read what the scripture says. The one who has blessed us in every spiritual blessing in the heavens, meaning it has a kingdom significance. And here's the key in Christ. Verse four. Just as. This means that what we're talking about is related to what we're going to speak of just as he has chosen us how in him so this choice he has chosen us when in him now it does not say he has chosen us to be in him but it's because we're in him that he has chosen us that order is so important I want to say it again it does not say that he chose us to be in him but rather he's chosen us because we were in him we have to be in him to be chosen do you see that that's foundational furthermore keep reading just as he has chosen us in him when did he do this well this speaks about the foreknowledge of God I want you to make a mental note of that we're going to be coming back to it the foreknowledge of God he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world what does this speak well there's an inherent relationship between the foreknowledge of God and the fact that God is all-knowing God is omniscient he knows everything when did he know everything he always knew everything there was never a time that he did not know everything so it says just as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world and here's what we are predestined to be for us to be holy and blameless before him how in love now notice it says in Christ in him in love what does this teach us when you look at that that preposition in and how it's used here God does he love you yes he does are you going to be a recipient of the love of God that depends on what on you being in him it is only when you are in him that you are going to be a recipient of the love of God and likewise it's only when you're in him that you're going to receive the benefit of predestination what is predestination well we're going to be told that in no uncertain term look if you would to this this verse where it says beginning in verse 4 let's read it again 
just as he's chosen us in him before the foundations of the world for us to be holy and blameless before him in love and now we have it look at what it says having predestined us for the adoption through messiah yeshua in him so what is the predestination that we are predestined for the adoption now why is that important well adoption changes us from servants to sons and daughters what does that mean we have an inheritance and what is that inheritance he's already told us see once you are in messiah you are predestined to be holy and blameless what does that mean we are predestined to be like him now does that mean that we become god no that would be heresy do we become divine no we do not become divine there's only one divine that is god but we become like him what are we talking about well we are going to be in a condition and it's speaking about like that new body that kingdom body that we receive at the rapture so there's an inherent relationship between the rapture what's the rapture well look sometime at philippians chapter 1 where it says the good work that god has began he is going to complete it when in the day of messiah the day of christ so at that day of christ the rapture we are going to receive a new body and that new body is going to put us into kingdom perfection what does that mean we are going to be like him like him in the sense that we're going to agree with him and we're not going to sin we're going to be perfect servants in this new body we are only going to be able to do the will of god perfectly that is our hope that's what predestination is that we have been predestined to be like him now keep reading it says in this passage having been predestined for the adoption through this adoption takes place by means of messiah yeshua uh, in him according to what was good what seemed good according to his will so it's god's will that we are like his son now let's go to that other passage of scripture look with me to the book of romans the book of romans and chapter 8 and we're going to see this same thing being taught in a very specific way romans chapter 8 let's begin with verse verse 29 romans 8 verse 29 because those whom he foreknew do you see this foreknowledge there is an important relationship between foreknowledge and predestination see what god knows and he always knows this that allows him to act to do things in regard to his foreknowledge there's nothing wrong with that it says because whom he foreknew notice what it says he also predestined now what is that word predestined we hear a real big theological term that can oftentimes come with a lot of baggage but that term predestinated as it's translated is made up of two greek words what are they the first word is pro meaning before 
And the second one is orao, or in most cases, orizo. Now, orao means seen. Orizo is related to that. It's another verb for seen, but there's a, a bit of difference. And let me give an example of this. The classic example is, let's say a woman, she wants to make herself a dress. Now, she goes out, she selects the fabric that she wants that dress to be, and she also goes and buys a pattern. And through that pattern, it shows her how to make the dress. So it fulfills her desire. She sees that pattern. She knows ahead of time what the dress is looking like. So the message is this. Pro-orizo is the pattern on what the dress is going to be like. In this case, the predestination. Pro-orizo says the, the pattern is Messiah. What can I hope for? I'm going to be like him. I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to think like him. I'm going to behave like him. I am going to be the perfect servant of Messiah. Is that in this life? No. Has it began? Yes. I can begin. I'm in this process of sanctification where I am hopefully growing, maturing, and becoming more like Messiah. But that will not complete. That work won't be finished. I won't become like him, that perfect servant, until when? Until I receive that new body. The good work that God has began, he's faithful to complete it in the day of Christ when I'm changed. Then and only then in this new body, in this kingdom body, am I going to be that perfect servant. And it all goes to the glory of God. He does the work. I'm a recipient of his workmanship. All the praise, the honor, and glory to him. Look again at verse 29. For whom he foreknew, also he predestined. Now, he saw ahead of time what we're going to be. He knew that pattern. Why? The pattern is his eternal son. And that's why it says here, I mean, can it be any more clearer? It says, those he foreknew, he also predestined. What did he predestine us? He predestined us to be conformed to the image, the very likeness. This is the word icon. It represents a perfect likeness too. So it says, these aren't my words, conform to the likeness or the image of his son. This is predestination, that we've been predestined to be like Messiah. Here again, do we become God? No. Do we become divine? That would be heresy. But we are conformed to his likeness. We become similar to in purpose, in thought, in deed, in action. We're transformed. We have that kingdom existence. We have that new kingdom body. This is what predestination is about. Where do you see here in the passage that I read earlier or this passage has anything to do with God? He's sovereign. Yes, he is. But does that mean that God says, I choose and predetermine these people to be in heaven because I'm sovereign and that's what I decide. And these other people I predetermine not to be. This is God just making the decision. We don't see that in the Bible. I don't see any verse. And this whole concept of election, we'll talk about that another time, has nothing to do with that.
We'll look at the scripture. See, the problem with Calvinism is just that. It relies upon one man's thought. It is not, it is not, it is not scripturally sound. What we find is this. Predestination is exactly what it says here. That we have been predestinated for what we, those who are in Christ, to be conformed to the image of his son. For him to be, now it's talking about Messiah, he's the firstborn among many brothers, and it means brothers and sisters. Look now to verse 30. Now it's going to just re-establish what we've just said. We could say confirm what we've said. But whom he has predestinated, this one also he's called. Here's the process. He's called that one, and he who he's called, he's also reconciled, justified is a better way. He calls, he justifies, and what else? The one who he justifies, he also glorifies. That's the final outcome. So here's the word. Based upon the foreknowledge of God, that's what it says in this text. God does what? God predetermines predetermines what that those who are in Christ very important not predetermining who will be in Christ but those who are in Messiah only does predestination come into relevance for those who are in Messiah that they are the ones who are called that is invited those who submit to that instruction or that invitation they are going to be chosen those who are chosen are going to be justified, made righteous, and those who are made righteous, as it says here, they are going to be glorified. What does it mean glorified? We are going to become like Messiah. That is what predestination is all about. A individual, once he accepts the gospel, that's where predestination begins. Once they have accepted the gospel, then it's predetermined by the purposes and the plans of God what this one who has accepted Messiah is going to be like. God is going to glorify this one, conform that one to the image, the likeness of his son. That's the good news of predestination. Again, not determining who's going to be in heaven and who's not. Predestination is for those who are in Messiah. And the promise is this, that God has promised us that we're going to be like his son, like him in holiness, and to be part of that eternal kingdom. The truth concerning predestination. Well, I'll close with that until next time. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.